Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. That's right, friends. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program, Praying for America. We gather here every weeknight and we pray for this country. We pray over the news. We pray over the developments that are happening in the political world. We pray over you. Leave your prayer intentions. In fact, I can. we're, we're live here tonight. Um, <clears throat> let me see here. I can see your comments. We already have. Oh, first of all, we have a nice strong audience. Thank you for that. And uh, I can see your comments coming in. Thank you for those. And we will find... Um, uh, lots of supporters. Uh, we'll find a few of the left-wing uh, morons coming in uh, every now and then. A couple of them are, are with us too, but who knows? Maybe something will rub off on them. You never know. But we've got a real, uh, we've got a real great uh, family here that we uh, gather with, that we pray with. We're going to look at scripture. And we're going to talk about this experience. You just saw it now, of course, with the uh, a little intro that we have there, Uh, the Trump rallies. Have you been to one or more of these events? Let me know in the uh, the chat. But you know, they're very, very, uh, they have, these, these events have a particular character to them and a particular structure, an anatomy, if you will. And I've talked about this before in the past. I've been to many, many of these rallies, some of uh, them as uh, uh, helping with, with media commentary, actually, <clears throat> for a right side broadcasting network, and uh, uh, some of them just as a, uh, as a, as a participant. And I, I make it a point always to listen to every uh, Trump rally. Uh, that he uh, that he has, and I've been doing this since he since he started running for for president back in uh, back in uh, 2015, and uh, you know you begin to see the pattern. You begin to see a pattern that is very very effective, very very smart. We'll get into that a little bit. I also want to get into with you a little bit about what happened today because we've been talking a lot about the. Uh, the FBI, the weaponization of government, that's a big issue in this election. And uh, we saw today the director of the FBI testifying to Congress. He was in the House of Representatives. You, you, most of you, of course, have seen the news reports already. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about what was said and what was not said. So let's go to Scripture first. And um, uh, again, uh, I want to see... Uh, what you have to say, what you have. Many of you are talking about how fantastic the rallies are and have you have, how you too have watched all the rallies. By the way, let me tell you about a, uh, a website that we have called PresidentTrumpRallies.com. 
Uh, that is a website put together by our ministry, Priests for Life, and enables you to watch them live when, when they are being watched. But of course, if you're watching on, on Right Side Broadcasting right now, as many of you are, you can see them live there as well. Newsmax also carries them. Um, but you also have the um, archive there. So at presidenttrumprallies.com, you can go as far back as you want and, and, and look at uh, uh, and rewatch all the different rallies that he has had in different places. These rallies will continue to be an important part of the campaign. And uh, I, I just want to share with you, uh, uh, well, actually, the scripture that I chose for tonight talks to us a little bit about some of the dynamics that we uh, that these rallies tie into. There's, there is a spiritual component to it. So let's go to the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 10, and uh, let's read beginning in, in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain that is through His flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father, you do call us to encourage one another. You call us to gather because that is what the church is. That is what the body of Christ is. We are the gathering of your people, redeemed by your blood. We are the gathering called together by the word that you have spoken, the eternal word who took flesh, Jesus Christ. We are the people gathered together by the spirit that you have poured out upon us. And we are the people, Lord, gathered together by our common mission. Lord, we know this is true in the spiritual realm. We know this is true in the realm of the church. You have also gathered us together, Lord God, as Americans. You have given us a constitution to rally around. You have given us a declaration of independence from tyranny and of dependence on you, a declaration to rally around. You have given us self-evident truths to rally around. You've given us unalienable rights to rally around. You've given us a history. You've given us symbols. You've given us a flag. You've given us an anthem. Lord God, you've given us self-governance. You've given us freedom. And these things unite us. And these realities, these gifts encourage us. And these blessings fire us up to spread and to defend them because we have to defend them every day against new attacks that are launched against truth itself against creation against your divine will against the dignity of human life and against america lord by reflecting on these blessings by talking about them by gathering around leaders who fire us up and who also warn us, who set a vision for us, and who call us to action. 
America continues to advance. So we thank you, Lord, for these realities that are present both in the church and in our civic life. May we embrace these blessings on both of those levels and work together to make America strong, proud, and great. We pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, so you know the scriptures, uh, you know the teachings, you know the life of the church. You see what I've done here with this scripture passage and that prayer. There are two levels uh, working in a very similar way, reflecting one another, you might say, and and they and they and they and they and they take shape in these in these Trump rallies. What I'm saying to you tonight is that these are more than rallies. These are more than political events. We need these gatherings. They are gatherings of a people, not only around a leader. They're gatherings. Look, they're not just political rallies. They're gatherings of a nation around the leader of the greatest political movement that that nation has had. Now, look, I'm saying this independent of whom you might be supporting in the in the in the Republican primary. Again, as I've said many times on this program, I have the absolute fullest respect uh, for those who come to different conclusions about which Republican candidate they want to support. Uh, in the uh, in the primary, obviously, as poll after poll indicates, most of us, myself included, are supporting President Trump for the nomination. But, but, but all of us, President Trump included, can respect those uh, and do do respect those who 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 come to different conclusions. But we also make the case as to why we stand where we stand. But what I'm saying is independent of that. You look at the dynamic that's happening here. It, there's a reason why. These rallies attract record numbers of people. What is going on in these rallies that is more than a political rally? What's going on is something that the human heart, the human spirit, and indeed the human body need. We need to be together with people of like mind, and we need to be together when we're fighting an enemy that we believe can destroy us. Think about what's going on here. If, if, you're, if you're living in a town and there's some kind of mortal threat that has suddenly come upon that town, you, you, it doesn't matter if you know or like the people that are living with you in that same community. There are certain things that draw people together. And you need to draw together around a leader, and you need to draw together to address the challenge. You need to draw together to prepare uh, to, to fight against the enemy. And you need to draw together to cast a vision and a hope and a call to action. All of this happens in a, in a, in a Trump rally. There's a mortal threat to America. And we come together to do what? We come together to remind ourselves that we're not the crazy ones. The insane, radical, America-hating, God-hating left are the crazy ones. The evil, they're actually evil. I mean, I, I didn't always say this. I don't think President Trump always said this, or most of you. But we've come to a point in our, in our, in our history now where we have to say this because it's, it's the obvious truth. We've got people here who are insane, who are haters of America, and who want to destroy everything that we stand for, everything that we, like Sissy is saying here, Democrat, Chinese, communist. 
is what the left is. I hope that's what you're referring to. You know what I'm saying. So we've got to come together when there's a when there's a threat like that, and we've got to say, look, and it's and it's true on a spiritual level here. We need one another. Nothing, none of this can be done in isolation. And you know, look, we're using technology right now. We're using social media. You know, we're we're we're, we're we have all this equipment. We are in an unprecedented time of being able to communicate with each other in this way. But none of this technology can substitute or should substitute for human interaction. What it should do instead is foster it. Now, now because it's not on the same equivalent as person being in person together, that doesn't mean we, we push it aside or we don't use it. No, it means we do use it, and we use it in such a way that will foster that greater good of actually bringing people together with, uh, with one another. Okay. Now, so what happens when you, you go, what are some of the elements that you see and experience when you go to a Trump rally? First of all, uh, the energy is absolutely palpable. This is not a, a cerebral event. Uh, the energy is palpable. It is felt. You're, 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 you're shouting and smiling and laughing and, and jumping up and down. Literally, you're, you're, you get absorbed into the event physically because the excitement uh, is, uh, is, is so palpable. We need the excitement of knowing we can win against an enemy. And as I've already said, that is a key dynamic of these events happening in the first place. We want to come together because we want to be with people of like mind, and we want to make explicit what we are already convinced of. Now, I'm a leader in the pro-life movement. You know, one of the big things we do is we have marches and rallies all over the country. I've been doing it for decades. The same dynamic happens there in this sense, that when you have a conviction on the inside, in order to nurture that conviction, you can't just, you know, sit privately in your room and, and meditate. You should. We should have time when we, we, we are just in quiet and we think about uh, in whatever way we find helpful uh, and nourish the convictions that we have. There's got to be some reading that we do and study and reflection, quiet reflection. Okay. I don't mean by, by meditation to imply a, 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 any kind of crazy stuff, but, 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 but serious reflection on, um, uh, on the things that we believe. But that's, not, that's never enough. We need to be able to express those convictions that are deepest inside of us, and our patriotism is one of them, and, and, and defending the values and freedom we have is another. We need to express those publicly because we are flesh and blood. We're not just spirit. We're not just mind. And so expressing with the shouting, with the singing, with the jumping up and down, we need to be able, and in the midst of countless people who think and feel the same way, we need to do that because when we do that, we are strengthening not only one another, that's obvious, we are strengthening those convictions within ourselves. You come away from these rallies even more convinced of the blessing of freedom, even more convinced of the greatness of America, even more convinced of the power of our Constitution, even more convinced of the reverence due to our flag. You come away just more convinced in and of yourself. That is a plus. What does President Trump do in these rallies? He's there 
as an encourager, a vision caster, and he's there as a reminder to us. So let me, let me go step by step here. One of the things that occurs is that he reminds us in a very, very clear way of speaking, a very, very down-to-earth way of speaking, uh, a very often humorous way of speaking. Uh, he reminds us of the great victories we've won. He reminds us what a great election it was in 2016. He reminds us of what an even bigger victory it was in 2020, although we all know how that unfolded. He reminds us of the incredibly historic policy victories that we saw under his first administration. And we, he reminds us how they came about. And in doing this, in doing this, he's saying, listen, you had it real good when I was in office. And then, of course, the message coming from that both implicitly and explicitly is, let's do it again. I'm willing. I'm ready. I'm able. Let's do it. You can make it. I need you to make it happen. And, and, and this identification with the people, this is a dynamic that I think as the years go on, as the decades go on, uh, long after a second Trump presidency, please God, uh, uh, this is going to be, this is a part of American history that we see unfolding in front of us because things are happening in this sense of President Trump connecting with the people that have never quite happened this way in American history before. Not only the way he speaks about it, again, I'm a leader in the pro-life arena. I've been dealing with the abortion issue full time for 30 years. And the way that President Trump spoke about that issue and continues to speak about it, has he spoken that debate with, with Hillary Clinton? You know, you, you might think it's okay to kill the baby in the up to the ninth month. You might say that's okay. That's not okay with me. That turned a lot of people towards him and towards the, 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 the fact that as pro-life Americans, we need to support him. We still do need to. And uh, the way that he speaks about issues, that one included, because so many speak about the abortion issue in a, in a clumsy way or not in, not in the best way, it resonates with people in an, in an incredibly effective way about what build the wall, right? The, the open border, the threats, get the gangs the hell out of our country. You know, he's talking the way that we would talk in our own kitchens and living rooms. And, 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 and it's like, yeah, public policy is not supposed to be addressed like a, a classroom lesson. See, and, here, and here's, here's one of the dividing lines with, with President Trump and, and, and ordinary politicians. This country was founded on passion. Conviction, yes. Faith, yes. Intellectual understanding of what freedom is and the principles on which it's based, yes. But the country was founded on fire. Passion. That passion came from the pulpits, by the way, just as much as it did on the battlefield. But the sacrifices that were made by our founding fathers, the efforts that they did, the, 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 the risks they had to take, and the dangers they had to endure, it's beyond words. There's only passion can make that happen. Not just, not just an understanding. Too many politicians, they're speaking to you like they're classroom professors, and okay, maybe, maybe, not even all the time, but maybe they can convey an understanding of, of the things they're talking about. But that, that's... It's not enough. 
Same is true, by the way, of clergy in the pulpits. There's got to be passion. Come on. Is these things worth fighting for? Are they worth dying for? If they're worth fighting for, they're worth dying for, they're certainly worth voting for and pounding the pavement and donating and supporting the candidate. There's a connection that happens with the people here. Now, it's the reason why millions and millions of people in 2016 who had not voted, remember there were like 6 million people who had not voted in a decade or more that came out and voted for President Trump for the first time. Why? Because of this phenomenon that I'm talking to you about, much of which you see probably in no other arena better than at the rallies, of the connection made with the people. The connection made with the people. Did you ever see anybody jumping up and down at a Biden speech? Uh, or, or, or any of these these Democrat radical? I mean, I don't even know why. I don't even know why they're in America, honestly, to tell you. Because they don't they don't they don't believe in the country anymore. Why are they even here? But you don't see people, you don't see people jumping up and down, really getting getting that that deep connection. So the number of people that come out, come out, came out of the woodwork uh, to vote to vote for him, uh, and 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 the way that people are able to celebrate, it's a celebration. It's not just a reminder of the accomplishments, the historic accomplishments, but a celebration of them. And, it, and what it also is, is President Trump revealing himself, revealing so much about his drive, and not just his drive, it's not just passion, it's smart passion. How did he get? Uh, how, how did he get uh, the troops on, at the border, Mexico, to agree to that? And he tells the story, right? How did he get, the uh, finally, you know, get that... Uh, uh, embassy moved to Jerusalem and, and, and the right to try uh, 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 whereby people who have a, a, a terminal illness can try drugs that have not yet completed the approval process. And, and he doesn't only remind us that he accomplished these things or they, they did, you know, destruction of the, the ISIS caliphate. How did he get that done? And he tells the stories. I love the story about him going to the the generals there in person on the scene and asking them how do how can we get this done faster how long is it going to take to get this done and they tell them i don't know what it was a couple of years and i was so well I, you know can we get it done any faster yeah well we could get it done in a, in a couple of weeks so how, how can that why hasn't anybody told us this before well sir nobody asked us so just like president trump was doing on the construction sites when he was getting buildings built in new york he did on the, the on the, the the international battlefield to 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 secure our, our nation's safety in the world, getting by getting rid of these terrorists. He did the same thing: attention to detail, connection with the people, and knowing that the man who has the power to make the decisions is listening to the people who have to do the work, whether it's building a building or wiping terrorists off the face of the earth. It's the same dynamic. It's the same dynamic. This is why it was so smart to elect him. That you get a person who's in the position, or is going to, going to be in the position, of actually being able to make decisions that make a change, but that that person, that the power that that person has doesn't mean that they're isolated 
from the people who, A, have to carry out those decisions, and B, are going to be affected by those decisions. There can't be an isolation there. And that was one of the secrets of his success. You've got a connection there with the real people. And it's not only a connection, it's a, it's a true listening. Sir, nobody ever asked us. It's the same thing with the construction of the wall. He took that d- direct personal involvement to make sure that that wall was the most effective and economical it could be. Same thing with the building of the embassy in Jerusalem. Remember, he was talking about the, 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 the uh, he lowered the cost of what they were going to do for, 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 for that embassy and shortened the amount of time it would have taken to build it. Ended up using Jerusalem stone. In fact, he lowered the cost so effectively, they said, oh, maybe it's too low. we got to raise it up a little bit more. And he tells all these stories, and it's fascinating to hear these stories. You're not just talking about a dry, you know, uh, you, could, you could talk about somebody's policies and their policy accomplishments. And it can be, I mean, policy can be, oh, my goodness. I mean, I've read all kinds of policy memos, and I'm sure many of you have as well. It can get really dry, really boring, really fast. And here you've got a leader who actually did this stuff, who navigated this stuff in an absolutely unique way, who wasn't afraid to call people, how about NATO, right? Getting them to pay their fair share. He got them, he got it done. He, he confronts these people. And, and, and you know what he, he also, like what I'm saying, he reveals himself, he reveals how, how he negotiates, how he uses pressure. We're going to put tariffs on all those cars coming in from Mexico and on everything else. Oh, sir, we'll be happy to, to, to send the troops to the, to the board. And the other thing he got, remember he got those nations to take back the, 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 the dangerous gangs that were all here in America. They drop them off on our, on our soil. They said, we don't want these people here. They're threatening our, our citizens. Get them out of here. Oh, sir, well, we can't do that. The nations won't take them. What do you mean he won't take them back? How much money are we paying these people? And he told them how much money, and you call them up. He says, are you going to take these people back? Otherwise, we're not giving you any money. Oh, sir, we'll be happy to take them back. And I mean, these stories are, they're so serious, but they're so entertaining, and they're so fascinating because you realize there's a master at work here who, who knows how to move people. Friends, enemies, world leaders. He knows how to move people in a way that, listen, you, you, you want to know why I support President Trump, why so many of you do? Only Trump is Trump. That, that, that's, you can have all the right policies, and, and many people do. And listen, we got great, great people on our side of the aisle. Great and tremendous people, a whole host, a whole army of great and tremendous leaders, many of whom I will eagerly back for President of the United States next time around and the time after that. But brothers and sisters, only Trump is Trump. You listen to these stories. This is why these rallies are so important. Listen to every moment in these rallies. And you, and you, and you hear what was done and how it was done. And the strength with which it was done, and how to pull the levers of influence, and you say this is a, this is a master leader. Now, let me go into a few of these other elements. So there's this connection with the people. 
and we're reminding ourselves and celebrating. We're savoring. There's a certain savoring that goes on, right? He's telling you these stories. They made us the greatest economy in our history and in the world. And there's so much common sense that comes through. This is another thing that President Trump says over and over again. He says, look, people ask me, am I conservative? And, um, and, 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 and he says, well, it's not so much that I'm conservative. It's not common sense. And the fact of the matter is, as we know, uh, conservative policies are common. There's an intersection here. But, the, but what he's saying is, hey, listen, where I'm coming from, is common sense leadership. And that's what that's what the, the, the relating the history of these things it tells you. And here's why it's so important, too, that he does remind us of all these things. Because the left, and we've seen this in play from the very first day he announced that he was running for president back in 2015, the golden escalator, that the left and the opponent, the anti-Trumpers, do not just want to keep him out of the White House. They want to keep him out of the minds and hearts of the American people. Understand this. They want to keep him out of the hearts and minds of our children, of our fellow citizens. They don't want to admit that most of these accomplishments that he uh, achieved are even real. And if they can't deny that they're real, they don't want us to remember them. Understand the importance of this. And again, it goes back to a spiritual principle. Obviously, it's on a whole different level. You know, President Trump does not pretend to be the savior of the nation. He's, no, he's, not, he's not God. He's not perfect by any means. But in the scriptures, we see a similar dynamic. Where God commands his people, the importance of memory in the, in the scriptures and in the Christian community is cannot be overemphasized. And what God always keeps telling his people, do not forget the works of the Lord. Remember the works, the good deeds of, of God. Why? Because those works, those accomplishments of God, his interventions to save his people are what identify then that people and their relationship with the Lord. Those deeds which saved and protected them, enable them then to go forward and building on those accomplishments, building on that freedom, the freedom, the miraculous deeds of the Lord that got them out of slavery in Egypt, brought them into the promised land, didn't just bring them into the promised land. They had to endure that desert journey. They had to trust in God for their food and for their water. Remember, the water came from the rock. The manna came down from heaven. But then he also had to teach them how to fight when they got into their land against the nations that were around them that didn't know the true God and, 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 and didn't, uh, they were a snare to the Israelites that God warned them, don't take part in the evil practices of these other nations. They don't know me. And they failed. God's people failed. And they did take part in those evil deeds. And God punished them as a result. There was the exiles and all the rest. But what I'm saying is, similarly, we can draw parallels here and understand that our experience as Americans have very strong parallels because we Americans are who? We are believers. We are people of the word. And, and we're human beings. And some of this is just human experience that spans the, 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 the millennia. What happened there with the people of God, with the marvelous works of the Lord, that they had to remember 
This is what the Passover does. This is what the Lord's Supper does for us as Christians, the Eucharist, the Mass. It's a memorial. So we memorialize the great deeds of our nation. That's why President Trump is so committed to let's have patriotic education, right? That was one of his key initiatives. We've got to bring that back. Teach our children the true history of the nation, not just our children, us. We've got to relearn it. We've got to understand it even deeper. There's always more to learn and to appreciate. Understand who our founders were. Stop this silly destruction of statues. And boy, he came on hard uh, on that, didn't he? And, and, And the people didn't do it anymore when he told them, you're going to spend 10 years in jail. Uh, honor our history, learn from our history, Uh, do do not forget the works of the Lord. And don't forget the works of our great leaders in America, whether we're talking about our founders or whether we're talking about the 45th president. Don't forget the works, the accomplishments. Go to ProLifePresident.com. That's another one of our websites. And we list there, uh, I mean, we're just sharing with you the list that the administration itself made at the completion of it. The great historic accomplishments, paid dozens of fifty-one pages document there about the uh, uh, just listing in various uh, areas of American life and policy what these accomplishments uh, were. Okay, so this is a critical element of the whole thing. Then we go into looking at into the future, the policy plans that he lays out. So some of the rally is laying out now. Here's what I'm going to do when I'm back in office. And again, it's not just in dry terms. Well, when I'm back, no, when we take back that beautiful White House, he's celebrating a hope here, okay, and talking about the beauty of the White House, the beauty of the office of presidency, the beauty of the country that he wants to lead. Policy plans for the future. And he lays out very specific things that make people just jump, again, jump to their feet and cheer and that connection with the people that I was talking about comes across, by the way, in a very unprecedented way. Remember back in the, in the last election, during all those rallies, something happened that had never happened in American history. The chanting, not just four more years, four more years. But remember the new chant that arose? We love you. And we're hearing it in these recent rallies. We love Trump. We love Trump. And he says, I love you too. This this is something new. We love you. We love you. Where's that coming from? It's coming from the fact that all these these policies that, that he enacted and that he's promising to do again and to do even better and to do even more, this is what makes us tick. We want freedom for our children. We want critical race theory the hell out of our schools and gangs the hell out of our neighborhoods. And, 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 we, and we, we've got to put our foot down. It, it, what he conveys is an energy and a determination that can be summed up by saying, enough is enough. This is worth fighting for. That's what we need. So this is part of, it's not just what the policy plans are, but also Uh, here's the determination and the love of our country that's inspiring those policies. Just as important. And that comes across in a felt experience at these rallies. I mean, just the promise. You know, two of the big promises, and he's saying this in such a perfect way, I will obliterate the deep state. And I will prevent World War III. 
And he has, you know what comes across as he reveals himself in these rallies? Some think it's arrogance, but it's really not. It's strength, it's confidence. When he says things like, I am the only president, first of all, who kept you out of war, didn't get you into a single war, and I am the only president that can keep you from experiencing World War III. And when he says things like, I will have that Russia-Ukraine war ended within 24 hours, believe him. He's saying it because it's true. He knows exactly what to do. And it's that, that's what people need when, when they're going to choose a leader. They need to be able to turn to somebody and say, wow, he's got the confidence to say that. Maybe it's worth believing, backing him up. I will obliterate the deep state. He knows where the people are now better than he did before. It'll be gone. This will be a different country than it has ever been before. For the better. More of who this country is meant, meant to be. So, policy plans for the future. Um, then, of course, these rallies are very, very, very uh, focused also. And he intersperses this in just the perfect blend with all these positive celebration of the accomplishments and, and, and eager, uh, eager things with uh, uh, promises for the future. The destruction that is uh, brought on our nation by what these Democrats and their supporters have done and continue to do in a more and more demented, radical, lunatic way. And he talks about it clearly and talks straight about it and openly reveals what the destruction is. And, you know, he's been doing it in this very dramatic way. Somebody had recommended to him, you know, at the end of the, he doesn't only do it at the end. He's doing it throughout the, the rally saying, hey, listen, we can't survive another four years of this, this garbage, this, these people who are just, it's not just that they have bad policies. I mean, they do, they're demented, but it's not just that there's bad policies. It's that there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a deliberate effort here to destroy the foundations that we, our nation stands on. And there's no other way to explain what's going on. And um, he points this out. And, but he does it at the end where there's a dramatic music starts playing. We are a nation in decline. We don't know, we have leaders who don't know what they're doing. And even talks about the, you know, the chaos at the airports and uh, 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 obviously the, the border and all the things that you know as well as I do. The point is, the, you know, with that dramatic music and, you know, I see sometimes as President Trump gets into that part of the, of the rally speech, I think he's moved to tears every time that, that music starts and he just has a long pregnant pause there before he, he starts saying that because he loves the country so much. And again, he's connecting with the people in a way that ties into our felt love for the country too. But those words and that music and that litany of how our nation is being destroyed and how we are a nation in decline, and this is why the campaign doesn't say keep America great, because we can't say that anymore, but make America great again because we have descended from our greatness. Here's what I have to tell you, brothers and sisters. That litany of how we are a nation in decline is not an expression of discouragement or despair. By no means. It's a rallying cry. 
In fact, it's an expression of confident hope. In other words, and again, Scripture tells us to do this. We are able to face the evil that threatens us. We are able to name the evil that threatens us. We are able to understand it without sugarcoating it and at the same time keep going. The person who's depressed and who's discouraged is going to say these things and then say, oh, but there's nothing we can do. And then they don't do anything because they really believe there's nothing you can do. But he's just the opposite. And this is what we have to do. We have to identify with our deep fears. We have to identify with our sadness. We have to mourn. Blessed are they who mourn. You know, in many ways, and I don't want to seem like I'm exaggerating because I know that you know President Trump himself would be embarrassed, you know, if 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 he thought that anybody was exalting him to be some kind of a god or a demigod or a savior. No, no, no. This is not well, not what this is. But 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 let me tell you though, looking at uh, studying these rallies and experiencing these rallies as I have done and as so many of you have done, I got to say, there's a lot of 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 the beatitudes being lived in this experience. What do I mean? Blessed are they who mourn. They will be comforted. There's a mourning going on when when he stands up there as a, as our leader of this movement and recites what we all see in the headlines, what we experience at the gas pumps and at the grocery stores, and says, you know, we are a nation in decline. We're embarrassed on the world stage. We're embarrassed by what the Democrats have done and continue to do. We're scared for our children, for our future, for our freedom. That's not, a, that's not an expression of despair. That is the spirit of mourning for something and that we love, this nation and, and our freedoms and our values and our families. Combined then with the deepest confidence that we can get out of this mess. And he expresses that beautifully and powerfully. Does but our greatest days are yet to come. And we will turn this around. So there's the confident hope. Confident hope means something only if you've honestly faced the evil. Just like repentance from sin, mercy of God, forgiveness means something only if you acknowledge how bad the sin is. But if you're sugarcoating the sin, you say, oh, it's really not that bad to begin with. Well, then what's the value of the mercy, right? So what's the value of, of standing up and saying, let's make America great again? Where's the strength in that? Unless and until you have acknowledged head on with eyes wide open the evils that you're experiencing, and the dangers that you face. It's not just rhetoric. He's getting into what's in the heart of every American patriot. This is great. I'm telling you, this has never been seen before. This is great stuff. Okay. Um, other observations I have about these rallies, of course, obviously, they, are, they all take place in a particular locale, a particular state, and he always brings in the, the you know, as, as he's bringing in the needs and accomplishments uh, and threats uh, to America, he'll make it specific to that particular state. 
the way he has defended that state, helped that state, his policies have helped that state, the dangers that the Democrats pose to that state. Uh, and he won't hesitate to be critical if it's a governor who's a left-wing lunatic. He won't hesitate to say that. And he'll also use the opportunity, obviously, and we'll see this more as the race uh, uh, crystallizes coming into 2024 and primaries are held and so forth. You'll see more, more than we do now. Uh, the uh, president bringing up candidates that are running for office in that state uh, or running for Congress, running for Senate, running for governor, uh, running for uh, certain other offices, uh, sometimes on, you know, on the state level, and uh, using those opportunities to rally those people to get behind those local candidates, reminding us that elections are uh, multi-level experiences uh, with um, uh, people to be supported on the local, state, and federal level. Uh, and then calling people to action. These are calls to action. Get out there and vote. Get your friends together and vote. And as we come closer to the voting days and to the early voting, uh, you'll hear those calls more and more specific being made in these rallies. And people who are coming to these rallies, you know, are being, you know, uh, asked about their voter registrations and given an opportunity to, to sign up and get that done. But getting out the vote, uh, you'll hear more and more of the clarion call that the president and also the, the Republican Party have been making to uh, let's utilize the tools that the other side have, has utilized to get amass so many votes even prior to Election Day. Well, let's use the same tools, because unless we get into office, we won't be able to change it back to what we want, where we have a, an actual Election Day with in-person voting and paper ballots that are counted that very same night. You know, what a beautiful ideal that is. But the point is that right now we've got to use the, 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 where it is legal, where it is legal, use the ballot harvesting, use the, use the, use the early voting, do it all in legal constitutional ways, but use all the tools that are out there by which the other side amasses all these votes. Um, and then we end up in a position of having to make up for it all in one day. Uh, not a realistic approach uh, right now. Finally, it's a unifying vision. A unifying vision. When he calls us at these rallies to respect our flag, to love our anthem, to honor our history, to worship God, not government, to defend life, he brings these values front and center. It is a living proclamation of the truths in the Declaration of Independence and the unifying symbols of our country that encourages so much and fan the flames of our patriotism. That's what happens. You really, you, you really see, especially these concluding paragraphs, of the rally speeches, you have there a rhetorical, um, substantial celebration of the things that bring us together and hold us together, starting with Almighty God. We worship God, not government. Shame on those who, who think that this is about egoism and narcissism on the part of uh, President Trump or, or any of us. Shame on those who think that this is some kind of cult, uh, worship of personality. You know, people who say this, they are just so 
disconnected from the truth of what's going on here. This is about what unites us as Americans. And let me say one more thing, and we'll go back into prayer here. One th- something that the president brings up very frequently was that towards the end of his uh, term in office, people from across the aisle started calling him. Or I guess this was, he was saying, it was right before the, the pandemic happened, okay. And said, wow, we got to talk. You're bringing us together. What, what, was the, what was the thing that was bringing us, us together? Success. It's not even like, oh, let me reach across the aisle in a bar, bipartisan way. You know what reaches across the aisle in a bar, bipartisan way without having to talk about it? Success. Economic success. Energy independence. Increased freedom. Decreased regulations. Businesses flourishing. America respected on the world stage again. Success. In any of the dozens of forms that President Trump and his team brought to us, success brings Americans together. So I'm not at all surprised, and I love what we hear him tell the story, of how people from uh, across the aisle would be calling him and saying, uh, we really uh, we got something good going on here. We've got to we've got to talk. We've got to get together and build on this this unifying success. Don't miss these rallies. Watch every single one of them and share them with your friends, people who might be on the fence. Oh, I don't know. Do I want to support President Trump or not? Share the rallies. That's why we're so grateful to Right Side Broadcasting Network. Because Right Side Broadcasting, RSBN, got its birth from bringing these rallies to the American people. That's why I I knew from the first moment that I I discovered them that we were going to have a great relationship. Because this is it's such a service to people. We don't need to hear what the talking heads and the the news outlets are like, oh, let's 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 show a few minutes of the speech and let's cut to the main desk and and then let's talk about it. We don't want to hear it. We want to hear what the the man himself has to say. We want to hear what President Trump has to say. And that's what Right Side Broadcasting was inspired by that vision and said, yeah, let's show the people what President Trump has to say. God bless them for doing that and... uh, and God bless everybody else who shares these uh, marvelous experiences. They're experiences. They're marvelous experiences. And as I say, they have a profound spiritual dimension. They have a profound uh, a patriotic dimension. They have a beautiful human dimension. They have a strong intellectual and policy dimension. Uh, they have a strong dimension of both mourning and hope. And that's very Christian. Thank you, President Trump and your team for providing this this ongoing experience of the battle for America and of the opportunity to fight as Christians for its greatness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all your blessings. You led a people. You formed a people of old. You led them out of slavery. You gave them a land. You gave them a promise. You protected them. You you gave them salvation. And you prepared their Savior. And now, Lord God, we know that Savior. His name is Jesus. And we stand on his platform, Lord. 
and we put our trust in Him. We worship You, O God, not government. And we don't look for earthly saviors, but we do look for leaders. And we do look for leaders to rally around so that together, as President Trump has said, this is not about him, it's about us. And this campaign is about us all becoming the 47th president because this is, Lord God, a, 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 a stewardship that we've been given, this country. A gift you've placed in our hands, a fragile gift, but a powerful one nonetheless. And we know we have to defend it. So enable us, Lord God, to see that Make America Great Again is not simply a slogan. This is a, this is a call, ultimately, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Because when we vote the right way, we're loving our neighbor. We're giving our neighbor, we're not just giving ourselves the leader that we want. When we vote the right way, Lord, we're giving our neighbor the leader that they need. We're giving our children the protection that they need. We're giving our fellow Americans the blessings that, that these policies bring. We are exercising love of neighbor when we vote for the right leaders. And Lord, we're exercising love of you because this is a stewardship. And we've got to be responsible for what you've placed in our hands. We pray now for America. In the words Jesus taught us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey, I wasn't expecting to go this long tonight, but I've enjoyed every uh, moment. And uh, I hope that walking through, uh, I guess because I've experienced so many of these rallies, uh, just walking through it and summarizing it and trying to show you some of the dynamics of it is just so enjoyable. And I so appreciate you, all of you friends, uh, your comments. We are of one mind and heart. It is so clear. And I, I thank you for your commitment. We're going to win back this country. I have no I have no doubt, provided we all keep our hands on the wheel, so to speak, keep our foot on the gas, keep united, and just keep courageous. So thank you. Connect with me on all the social media platforms at FR Frank Pavone. That's FR Frank Pavone. And uh, let's stay encouraged. Let's stay connected. We'll be back again tomorrow night. And check out, you can check out our other broadcasting. We have a broadcast channel, endabortion.tv. Uh, and uh, we welcome you there as well. I'm going to share with you a couple of special spots uh, here as we, um, as, we, uh, as we finish. And I ask your prayers and your involvement in our ministry as well uh, as your support as well. Let's work together. Let's save America. God bless you all. Father Frank Pavone here, Director of Priests for Life. Talk to you again soon.
Hello, this is Father David Begany, one of the many members of Priests for Life. This organization is one of the largest and most visible pro-life ministries in the world. Priest, the Priests for Life team relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give us as generous a gift as you can. Thank you for your kindness and be assured of our prayers for you every day. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.